0: This is Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie. It's hard to relax, Will, when our country is on fire.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. That's our policy. Everyone relax. Our country's always been on fire. I don't know what you idiots are talking about. This is just a natural cycle. Once a year, Australia catches fire for four months of the year. And because it's always happened, there's certainly nothing we can do about it in the future, Charlie. We just have to get used to the... Like, you know, if you don't want to live in a place where it's on fire, don't live in any places, Charlie.
0: I mean, what is the end game with that rationale? It's like, yeah, man, look, shit, is fucked up. It's always been fucked up. Let's continue to let it be fucked up. And then at some point, we'll, what, sort through the ashes and start again?
1: Well, I, I think that, that probably is the policy. I mean, there is some, something to be said about the fact that once everything's burnt down, there's nothing to burn down anymore. So I guess that'll eventually solve our fire See? problem. <laughs> when everything is burnt to the ground yeah. and everything is ashes, then you know what? Nothing to catch on fire. Problem solved. <laughs> it, 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 what, the question is,
0: like, what can be done now? Like, the, the place is on fire. The house is already on fire. And so, you know, there's a lot of people talking about, well, you know, the government, have, there were 17 independent climate reports delivered lived to them in the last six years saying this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're all ignored or dismissed for whatever reason. and then Well, it was actually those happening. climate
1: reports that caught on fire. A lot of people don't know that, but they had the 17 <laughs> reports in the corner in a pile. It's just a lot of flammable stuff laying around. I blame the reports, Charlie. I mean, we Thor
0: lives in this country. Thor has like, uh, real estate in the, in the, in the driest state in Australia right now, can't he like hold up that hammer or something and just get some rain happening? It's
1: the opposite of what you want. He's going to cause like some sort of, you know, lightning strike that's lightning. going to set off a whole bunch of fires. But I'm, not, I'm not willing to rule out Chris Hemsworth as a suspect about where these fires started. <laughs> I think you've put it together. Thor <laughs> lives in the middle of the driest area. He's bought a whole bunch of real estate, probably in areas where the fires magically didn't go. And of course, what's going to get the value of your real estate, uh, up more than burning down everything else around you.
0: I love that. I love the idea that Australia has been so kind of negligent and ignorant in its approach towards like climate policy so far that when the shit hits the fan, we just immediately panic <laughs> and turn to the most illogical response. First one being, let's blame this on Chris Hemsworth. I've, I've seen those movies. I mean, I've seen those movies.
1: It'd be great if we all just finally, as a country, turned on Chris Hemsworth. Not because he deserves it in any way, but because in some ways, he's now the best of us. He is our advertisement to the world. He is the face and voice of Australia. He is the ultimate example of what we imagine ourselves to be, even though that we aren't those things. Like, even more so than Hugh Jackman. We used to talk about Hugh Jackman sort of being the perfect man, but in some ways, Chris Hemsworth has, like, supplanted. I mean, we've got Wolverine and Thor. It's pretty good for a little country of 25 million people. Oh, and... um, We had hot... we, We...
0: we had the Hulk at one stage as well.
1: And what's her face? We've got um uh Lady Batwoman. Lady Joker. What's her name? <laughs> you know,
0: Lady Joker, Harlequin. Harley
1: Quinn. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. We got we got Lady Joker. We've got it's pretty good.
0: I mean, the sheer insult of that statement <laughs> considering the spin-off movie they made was about Harley Quinn. The Joker spin-off film they got a completely new actor, but you're still referring to her as Lady Joker.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. That's that's a very Male-dominated view of the world that I've uh, yeah she's more than just the Joker's partner Charlie she is a super villain in her own right.
0: So why is that? Like in a country that prides itself or is famous for the tall poppy syndrome, it does seem that we let a few off the hook, right? Hugh Jackman's never really had a comeuppance, has he? No backlash. The closest he came was maybe that flying fox accident where people shared a few memes or when his assistant tweeted out that he's at the Sydney Opera Centre. That's the closest he's come to some tall poppy treatment. But we've let him we've let him slide for the most part, haven't we?
1: I mean, early on, there was some suspicion around his love of musical theatre. Mm. I think Australians found yeah. it a little bit hard. For, we find Chris Hemsworth a little more palatable to that old-school Australian, you know. It's like we've speculated on this podcast, if you were going to reboot crocodile under you do it with chris hemsworth because he's the perfect modern day sort of form of uh what we were you know thinking and it- the the
0: blonde hair the blonde head blue-eyed aussie surfer type
1: right whereas hugh jackman was a little too theatrical for us <laughs> like early on we were like he's pretty cool but like it wasn't until he did wolverine that we were like okay we can be fine with beauty and the beast when he's also the actual beast I mean, not Beast, clearly, which is another X-Men character.
0: Well, there's two actors, I think, that Australians are a bit like, huh? Because you got Hugh Jackman and Eric Banner. Hugh Jackman was the musical theatre guy who became Wolverine. That's the way he was introduced to the world. Eric Banner was like Chopper, then the Hulk. That's the way he was introduced to the world. But we were like... You telling me the sketch comedy guy and the musical theater dude, like are the two biggest badasses on like the cinema screens around the world? It's like, hey, no, no, come talk to an Australian. Let us tell you a little bit about those guys.
1: Well, you know what I love about that is I, I I didn't even consider the fact that we also have ourselves a Hulk. So as a country, yeah, we've got Lady Joker, Harley Quinn, we've got Hulk, a Hulk, we've got a we've got a Hulk, yeah, we've got Thor and yep. uh we also have a wolverine that's a pretty that's pretty great for a little country
0: and a batwoman ruby rose is a batwoman
1: oh batwoman oh and captain crocodile or whatever his name was from the suicide squad <laughs> <laughs> captain, is that
0: crocodile Dundee? captain crocodile oh captain boomerang yeah 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 but there's, he does, he doesn't count that's not a superhero i mean he is a supporting villain at best
1: yeah but if we have to put ourselves together a little you know, down under Avengers, then we're going to have to pad out our numbers with some Cap- Captain Crocodiles. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, is are there any other Australian superheroes? I'm just trying to think. So in the Avengers, there's no... I mean, Guy Pierce was in... He was an Iron Man villain in Iron Man 3. He oh. was the Mandarin. He was the real so, Mandarin. So
1: we get the real oh, Mandarin. Not, or was he? Oh. No. No, he was another guy. He wasn't the Mandarin. That was pre-Mandarin, he wasn't the Mandarin. I believe. No. Um. So, but yeah, okay, so we get some villains together, all right? So we have ourselves like a villainous crew. So you've got Mendo, you've got Ben Mendelsohn, right? You've got Kate Blanchett. Oh, yeah, he was a,
0: uh, yeah. So... We could make an entire comic book, movie, heroes and villains without any Hollywood
1: stars. Right. So we we get Mendo, we get Kate Blanchett, we get... um, Yeah. Hugo Weaving. Guy Pearce. From The Matrix. You get Guy Pierce. Oh, yeah. Also, but he was Red Skull. Oh, yeah. So he can play Red Skull and Mr. <laughs> and uh, Mister Smith, Smith. Agent Smith from the... Um, yeah, okay. So we've got ourselves... but and, and who is Captain Crocodile on the bad guys or the good guys?
0: Well, I guess they're all anti-heroes in Suicide Squad, aren't they? So he's a hero. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Like, name me three defining characteristics about Captain Boomerang that have nothing to do with a boomerang. <laughs>
1: I mean, firstly, I thought his name was Captain Crocodile, despite the fact that there's a there's a crocodile in it or an alligator. Um, would have been weird that one's Captain Crocodile and one's just a crocodile. So confusing around the office. Um, Captain Boomerang. Um, he he was Australian. He loved to drink. Yeah, I think. I, I loved he to loved drink. to drink. Punch?
0: Didn't he punch? Like he punches someone when like they drag him out of the out of the, the, the prisoner bus and he punches someone straight away because he loves a fight, loves a drink and loves a fight.
1: In fact, it's quite an offensive Australian stereotype. Was Jai Courtney a Terminator or was he like John Connor? What was he in those movies? Yeah, He
0: was, he was Kyle, he was... Kyle Reese. Super buff Kyle Oh, Reese. he was Kyle Reese. He was a Kyle Reese... Who somehow, in an apocalyptic future where resources are scarce, managed to get to the gym five or six days a week
1: and, and consume a lot of protein. So, Kyle Reese is on the good guys. So, you have Kyle Reese, the Hulk, Thor. Oh, Harley Quinn's probably with the bad people. Harley Quinn is good.
0: She's a good person. Even even when she was working with the Joker, the it was always the thing is she's just smitten with a bad guy, but she's not a bad person herself. She's just misguided. Okay. So, I think you put her in the good guy category. I don't mean, you?
1: It's pretty... It's pretty amazing. That's a pretty good uh, roster.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, Mike Hal has got us some info on, on Captain Boomerang. So, yeah, so you're, you, your two characteristics is that he drinks and what, he can fight.
1: <laughs> That's the most you know about him? And I assume he has a boomerang, although I have no memory of him actually using okay. a boomerang.
0: Okay, so his name is George Digger Harkness.
1: <laughs> is Digger his nickname also, as, long, as well as Captain Boomerang?
0: Y- yes, yeah. Yeah, Digger, in inverted commas. George Digger Harkness. George Harkness, otherwise known as Would you say, Charlie,
1: he's a digger, digger with attitude?
0: <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay, it says here he's a fictional supervillain. Uh, the character is an enemy of Barry Allen and Wally West in the Flash. Oh, okay, so he's a Flash villain. Blah, 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 blah. He had his first appearance in, in December 1960. That must be the earliest... Would that be the earliest recorded Australian superhero or comic book character, you think? Besides Ginger Megs.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember when Batman fought Ginger Megs. (laughs) Ginger Megs. (laughs) Bashing him up for having red hair, Uh, didn't he? That that famous Batman episode where he just was bashing up everyone with red hair in case they were the Joker. The Joker has green hair, I guess.
0: There was that what? Ginger Megs, Fatty Finn... Mm. Snake Tales. Snake from Snake Tales. <laughs> um, who else?
1: <laughs> the Phantom? Wasn't the Phantom had some Australian connection? He was not the... Australian. No, but what was the connection?
0: No, the Phantom was just incredibly popular in Australia. Oh, okay. it, was one of the, it was kind of like, you know how there's certain things that are only popular in, for some yeah. reason in, in, in certain countries? And that's the Phantom was inexplicably popular here and Sweden, I believe. There's a, an entire theme park in Sweden dedicated to the Phantom.
1: Uh, yeah, the fandom was loved in Australia, much like uh, Michael Franti from Spearhead was loved disproportionately in Australia. Yeah.
0: Well, it's more like the way that David Hasselhoff has like a pop career in Germany. It's like the rest of the world's like, what? And it's like, yeah, man, he just sells albums in Germany like hotcakes. Um, okay, so what do you want to know about his biography? Um, okay, so he's secretly the illegitimate son of an American soldier, and Australian woman. Okay. He was raised in an Australian town called Mirboo North. Mirboo North.
1: Oh, Mirboo North. M-I-R Michael, oh, Is that a
0: real place? M-I-R-B-O-O. Yeah. Is
1: that a real place? Mirboo North. It's like... Mirboo. Uh, it might... What? It, I think it's... It's, it's in what? Victoria. What definitely. State? Yeah, definitely in Victoria. Um, hang on, I'm going to... Hey, he's a local boy. <laughs> yeah. Gippsland. So, it's not actually that far from where my parents... Lived Mervu North and it's a little bit away, but it's in right. that general area. Um, uh, Victoria, Australia, uh, located 155 kilometers east of Melbourne. Yeah, and my parents' joint is probably 200 kilometers east of Melbourne, something like that. Um, uh, okay. What do we know about Mervu? Uh, it was settled by timber getters in the 1870s, um, and the town today timber getters is that is that
0: a specific occupation isn't that just like i don't know like a timber what do you call them like a lumberjack timber getter lumberjack sounds cooler than timber getter
1: i mean it does sound like they didn't have a cool name for it doesn't it what are you i'm a timber getter what about a lumberjack that is much cooler you're right um i mean do
0: you deal with any other kind of trees no no timber only (laughs) Not a, not qualified
1: for any other kind of tree. No oaks, no pine, timber only. Isn't timber all trees though? Isn't timber a description of something that you get from trees rather than a specific type of tree? Are you asking me like
0: I have any clue?
1: Okay, so Honestly, I, I firstly, not notable people and animals from uh, the Mirboo North area. Tim Forsyth, who uh, won the silver medal at the 1992 Olympic Games in the high jump. Uh, Blinda Snell, yep. who's a professional basketball player who currently competes for the, in the WNBA for the Phoenix Mercury and is a member of the Australian team and Sam the koala found in the fo- forests of Murbu North. I think Sam the koala might've been that bush, was the, the bushfire koala?
0: Oh, the one who drank the, from the bottle Yeah, and then later we found out you should not feed a koala from a bottle. It's a good way to drown them.
1: Yeah, this is, that, that's exactly who it is. Sam the koala. Oh, right. sadly, no longer with us. Sam Lekuala, um, died sixth of, uh, of August, sixth uh, of August, two thousand and nine. There you go. Well, g- two thousand and nine. All oh, right, because it's after the
0: two thousand. Oh, it's because the last round of bushfires that we endured and learnt nothing from. Will.
1: <laughs> um. Anyway, it has no mention of uh, it being the birthplace of Captain Kangaroo. Captain
0: Boomerang. All right, so he was. <laughs> He was the illegitimate, illegitimate son of an American soldier and an Australian woman. So maybe, like, this is written in 1960. Mm. Chances are they could have been, because there was a lot of American soldiers stationed out here during the Second World War. So let's say that's what happened, is he was a, as my, the way my mum described it, because she used to have uh, American soldiers stationed at her primary school um, at Ormond Point down in Melbourne, and she said that they, because Australian uh, army uniforms during the Second World War were these, like, baggy, khaki green, really daggy looking uniforms. And then these Americans stepped off the boat with their like crisp sexy Hollywood style American uniforms. And I remember like she said that her older sister, my auntie was very smitten with the American soldiers. So apparently that led to a lot of fights. There's a lot of punch-ups apparently on the weekends between American soldiers and Australian soldiers.
1: When I say I love a man in uniform, I mean that uniform, not your uniform. Pull your shit together, Barry. (laughs)
0: Not your daggy, baggy Khaki uniform. You look like you're in your prison. one size fits all. You idiot. Yeah.
1: And what's with that slouch hat? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's only protecting one side of your head, you idiot.
0: <laughs> so, okay, he was the son of an illegitimate relationship, um, raised in poverty in Murby North, during which time he developed a great skill at making boomerangs and using them as weapons. As a young adult, he was hired as a performer and a boomerang promoter. <laughs> Like a timber getter as a boomerang promoter, very niche (laughs) occupation. Uh, hired by a toy company, which was unbeknownst to him owned by his biological father. It was at this time he developed the captain boomerang persona that he would continue to use in his later criminal career. Audiences ridiculed him, (laughs) they still do, mate. They ridiculed him, and a resentful Harkness turned to using his boomerangs for crime
1: <laughs> oh. Oh. all right
0: will i'm pitching you yeah. a gritty reboot of joker boomerang. style of captain boomerang in the joker film like he's an aspiring comedian with mental health issues who gets humiliated and it just like pushes him over the edge we did the same thing gritty reboot dry courtney we'll keep him in the part. he's a dramatic actor i've seen him do some good stuff but we do it like we shoot it like animal kingdom you know that kind of that Melbourne, that, that gritty Melbourne desaturated look. It's just this like guy who wants to be a kid's entertaining with his boomerangs, but he gets humiliated, and so he uses his boomerangs to turn to crime. I mean, we just call it boomerang.
1: Boomerang, exactly. You know what? Isn't is bad. What about
0: try and steal this idea from Miss Hemsworth? Yeah.
1: What do we? What about to capture a zeitgeist moment that would be passed by the time that the movie actually came out? We call it okay boomerang. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a top-up idea if it wasn't completely irrelevant by the time it came out. Okay, when he began committing crimes, he threw suspicion of himself by briefly pretending another man was impersonating him, showing his parents, really other crooks, to the flash after the flash caught him next to a crime scene. Okay, right. So he had an alibi. He had other crooks posing as his parents. He nearly succeeded in killing the Flash after knocking him out with a boomerang. Well, I mean, that's yep. got to be embarrassing when the Justice League are having drinks on a Friday night and they're like, so hang on, you, the fastest man on earth, a guy who can run so fast you can run through time, you got hit in the heck with a boomerang? How did that happen?
1: <laughs> I mean, how does that happen? That is literally, like, the Flash must have just been looking in the opposite direction. So are the Flash's Flash skills? <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting to me because you often see this in, like, the Flash, right, where There will be like a boomerang thrown at him from behind, for example, but through some sort of flash sense, suddenly everything slows down and can still move really quickly. But can you surprise the flash? Like if I just snuck up behind the flash and he was having like an in-depth conversation with Wally West, right? And I just stuck up behind with my boomerang and bashed him on the head before he had time to flash because he's not always operating at flash speed right he has to go into flash yeah
0: speed. but i would argue right just say the average uh, uh ref- reflex or response time to getting a fright is like 0. 0.7 seconds right. that's the average person will take that long from the minute he has that rush of adrenaline where he feels like something is wrong time then slows down for him so you may be coming up to swing your fist or whatever it is and whatever kind of senses he has, it tells him he's in danger. That's going to feel like five minutes for him. So he will have the time to turn around, see your fist coming and move out of the way. That's what I would say.
1: Okay. What if I get him? What if he's so in depth in this conversation that he hasn't noticed I'm there? Are you saying from the minute my boomerang touches the back of his skull, (laughs) it wouldn't kind of pierce the skull because he would immediately react at such a super speed that I'd barely just brush him before he moved away away from the speed of my boomerang. Or would I be able to launch yeah. my boomerang in the back of his head and then he would have to go into super speed?
0: Well, think about it. Like if you throw a boomerang, that's going to make a noise as it's slicing through the air. So, yeah, but for I'm normal not gonna person, throw it. it. <laughs>
1: I'm going to sneak up behind him while he's talking to Wally West. All right, and I'm just going to. Use my boomerang and just bash him in the back of my head with my boomerang.
0: Yeah, I would say from the minute you make contact. So just say if you're a boxer, yeah. right, and a guy throws a punch and you see it coming and you can move. And so you, it just yeah. becomes a glancing blow because you pull your head out of the way. I'd say it'd be like that. The minute he feels contact, he slips into super speed and moves out of the way before it has... Uh, any greater damage
1: and so is super speed just a natural reaction or does he have to think about super speed do i have a second while he's distracted by his in-depth conversation with wally to be able to like smash him in the back of the head and he wouldn't notice or do you think the minute that he's like yeah, body senses pain it just automatically reacts in a flash speed
0: i think yeah the minute the minute his body is adrenalized he's in flash speed that's what i would okay.
1: say so does that mean at all times, when adrenaline runs through his body, he immediately racks into flash speed.
0: Um, I'm no flash expert, <laughs> but I would say yes. I'm no fla- I'm no flash spurt. Uh,
1: well, this is basically how we're not going to fix the bushfires. We start by thinking about something really serious, and then we have a fifteen-minute conversation <laughs> we talk about that. Guessing what the relative powers of the Flash are.
0: I mean, we're, we are the problem. You've actually hit the nail right on the head. Like, we have a forum here to effect some kind of change. We dipped our toe in the waters. It got too complicated. It got too hot. <laughs> we dipped our toes in the water. The water was boiling. And so we quickly changed subjects to more comfortable territory.
1: How do we feel about Captain Boomerang in the age of cultural appropriation? So if we were going to remake OK Boomerang and we were going to do like a gritty yeah. reboot, would we introduce some sort of Indigenous character or the fact that he was perhaps half Indigenous or something to deal make, with the fact that he's... Make using... him Indigenous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So an American You'd soldier make him indigenous. has
1: an affair with a, 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 an Indigenous Australian woman living in Mirby North.
0: An Indigenous Australian woman, yeah. And so he is yeah half American, half Indigenous. Um, and I think... You also maybe make it that you give him some kind of backstory where like maybe his mother's side comes from a family of like hunters or something like that where, you know, there is a, you need to give him some secret skill to unlock. All these these kind of um, hero's journeys always have someone like discovering their power or discovering like you are the chosen one or something like that. That's what I think you do rather than just being like an orphan kid or whatever. He's actually the son of nobility or, you know, the last in a long line of boomerang hunters. If that was ever a thing, (laughs) or maybe two white guys shouldn't be writing a script about indigenous history.
1: Oh no, we'll just guess in the same way as we guessed about the Flash's powers. I'm sure that'll work out fine. (laughs) Uh, So he became a
0: recurring enemy of the flash Typically by devising altered boomerangs, which produced astonishing effects. Okay. And then it just gives two examples. Some would explode, and others had razor sharp edges.
1: So he's, <laughs> it's not really that astonishing. So really. he's just Hawkeye, but with boomerangs.
0: Sounds like it. Uh, he became a staple member of the Rogues, who are a Pogues cover band, I believe. Uh, the Rogues were the Flash's dedicated um, uh, villain group. Uh, they were first organized after Gorilla Grodd broke them out of jail. Da, 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 da. Later on, Harkness became a less than effective member of the Suicide Squad in exchange for being pardoned for his crimes. However, Captain Boomerang's grating personality and blatant racism—well,
1: they've got that right.
0: <laughs> oh my God, this is—and this is look—and this—and this is not me. This is what's in on Wikipedia. So I'm I'm assuming this is referring to. Comics were written maybe in the 60s or 70s, because this certainly is not acceptable language today. His grading personality and blatant racism, among other things, he constantly referred to a black team member, Bronze Tiger, as Abbo. Oh. And it caused considerable friction amongst his teammates. And he was considered to be a dangerous, vicious, cowardly, and undependable member of the team. Dysfunctional even by the squad standards, and equivalent of a class clown. Amanda Waller, the squad's commanding officer, characterised Captain Boomerang as a jerk and a screw-up. This was not an undeserved reputation, as among other things, he simply watched as his teammate (laughs) Mindboggler was shot in the back, even while he could have easily saved her. Do you reckon there was any Australians had any input in the writing of this character, or do you think this is an American's interpretation of what Australians are like? Because if it is, it's a damning indictment of how we are perceived.
1: Well... I think it's fair to say that a white guy who culturally appropriated the boomerang for his, like, party trick at his carnival show probably is the sort of guy who'd also drop the A-word. A-word, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I feel like it's a pretty accurate character portrayal, actually, and I don't feel so bad about us, you know, rebooting it, um, you know, because that, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Well, would that be the journey then?
0: Maybe in the film, he never knew his mother. Maybe she di- died in childbirth or something and he grew up a racist, but then he finds out that he's actually Indigenous himself and he's forced to confront
1: that. I mean, that's pretty good. I like that. I mean, if we're going down the Joker route, I'm not, have you seen Joker yet? No, and I don't think that I I mean, I will yeah. at some stage, but I have no desire to see it.
0: It's not very good. It's not very good. And it is barely a Joker film, <laughs> like barely. But essentially, they just take a story which is about a troubled person having a shit life in a world that seems horrible. <laughs> so it's like, well, made a billion dollars. Also, Captain Boomerang on this.
1: As far as I'm aware, it's a it's a story about an embittered stand up comedian who thinks that the world's out to get him and has a series of mental health issues. And why would you see a movie about that when you live that every day, Charlie? <laughs> That's my world. <laughs> I'm surrounded by embedded stand-up comedians with mental health problems. I don't need to outsource. Oh, what a lovely day at the cinema this will be! Reliving every open mic room I've ever been to. <laughs> uh, okay, many times uh,
0: Harkness would be tricked in. Would have to be tricked into battle. Harkness would uh, play a few undercover roles. The Suicide Squad, convincing and managing to be other slimy criminal types. <laughs> He tried a simple series of pranks for amusement, hitting various members of the squad with pies. Oh, oh, he's a comedian. (laughs) Uh, He reveals a deep patriotism for his home country of Australia, though his countrymen do not care for him at all. (laughs) That's great. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna make this a modern update, does he have a Southern Cross tattoo?
1: Oh, absolutely! Underneath the Southern Cross, I stand a sprig of wattle in my hand. A native of this native land, Australia, you fucking beauty. He chants after every Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. He chants as he throws his boomerang.
0: Uh, he has a tremendous fear of being laughed at. Teammate Deadshot commented he often wished he had killed Harkness, <laughs> most notably after he's drinking led them to miss a plane and for Deadshot losing his uniform and entering a depressive phase because of it.
1: I mean, it feels like they've really summed up Australia. <laughs> they have nailed this character. <laughs> it is on point. I mean, it's amazing that they,
0: they have milked so much. This goes on and on and on and on. And there's even a second Captain Boomerang. Owen Mercer took over the mantle of Captain Boomerang.
1: Okay, what's Owen Mercer's story? maybe our stories about Owen Mercer are not right. about the original racist Captain Boomerang. Okay, here we go.
0: So, uh, so Harkness found himself an obsolete villain in the in the modern world of supervillains. Well, yeah, because makes sense. He was a racist, heavy drinking dinosaur who no one liked. Um, okay, so during this time. He felt it was time to reach out to the son he never raised, Owen Mercer. Before Harkness's death, the two bonded. So, Mercer is the son of Harkness. Uh, taking up his father's legacy, he became the second Captain Boomerang. Cap, uh, Captain Boomerang. Captain Cold, brother to the Golden Glider, took Owen in as one of the rogues. So, he took up the family business, essentially. Okay, um, okay let's see. It doesn't really say much about his personality, just the shit he gets into... Uh, uh, um... No, it doesn't really say anything about his personality. Just his adventures. God, there is so this is such a detailed Wikipedia page of a character I've never really thought about. Okay, how about Captain Boomerang's powers and abilities? Okay, great. He carries a number of boomerangs <laughs> in his satchel. <laughs> He's an expert at throwing the weapons as well as ordinary boomerangs. He has a number of uh, he has a number with a, with special properties, including bladed ones, explosive ones, incendiary, and electrified boomerangs. I mean, really, all sort of variations on the same theme, right? Yeah, <laughs> but they're he, not particularly he's, useful.
1: He's Green Arrow. He's Hawkeye. He basically just has a series yeah. of novelty tricks, but they're boomerangs. But,
0: yeah, but like at least with Green Arrow and Hawkeye. Like, a bow and arrow can be a deadly weapon and very accurate. <laughs> like, a boomerang is not that accurate.
1: Well, I think if you're good at throwing a boomerang, it's accurate. Like, I mean, the indigenous people used to use them to to hunt. So, like, obviously they were skilled at throwing a boomerang in an accurate fashion.
0: Yeah, but essentially, like... My understanding of a boomerang is, like, you throw it, you hit the thing on the head, and then you catch it. And if you don't hit it, it comes back. So it saves you, like, time. And when you're in the hot sun hunting, it saves you time and energy. You don't have to keep chasing after your boomerang to get it, right? So essentially, you don't need the the part – if he's got a satchel filled with boomerangs, he doesn't need it to come back. He's got a satchel full of boomerangs. So he could just as easily be, like, stick man. He just walks around with a bunch of sticks. Some explode, some. then he just throws sticks at people.
1: Well, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Some of them are boomerangs, and some of them are just killing sticks. Look, I've got a satchel. It's got a whole <laughs> bunch of. It's got a whole bunch of timber. Killing in it. sticks. Some of them are boomerangs. Some of the uh, some of them are killing sticks. Um, I guess you're right, but I'm imagining using boomerang in our reboot to have the properties of say Captain America's shield where you can throw it and it can hit like right. four or five people, but then also come back into your hand.
0: Well, I mean, what happened? I, I can barely remember that Suicide Squad movie, but I'm, I'm assuming he got his moment. What did he do? What, what happened? Can you remember any boomerang scenes?
1: I cannot remember a boomerang scene, and surely you should be able to remember a boomerang scene. Surely it should have been spectacular, him throwing two boomerangs, one sort of hitting the other people, one yeah. coming back into the other hand. He fires off another boomerang. You know, they have a scene at a an yeah, airport where there's novelty boomerangs and he grabs a bunch of them. He gets like a a pool, like the thing that you put the um, on a pool table that you put the balls in the triangle and he uses that as a boomerang. Like he should have been improvising boomerangs all over the place. Doing things where it felt like he threw the boomerang and it turned out the person was coming behind him. So when it came back, it flew past his ear and smashed the person in the head. There's so many cool boomerang fights you could have in a Captain Boomerang movie.
0: My question to you, Will, is we're both on the board of hiring the Suicide Squad. We've been brought in. We're an independent recruitment agency that we've been brought in by the government to put together the Suicide Squad, right? And so someone has put forth Captain Boomerang and they say, well, you need someone who can use, like, deadly weapons that don't require, like, they're not guns, wouldn't you immediately say, well, why don't we get a bow and arrow guy? There seem to be plenty of bow and arrow guys out there. They do exactly the same kind of thing. They tend to be more accurate. Why do we need, why do we need the boomerang guy?
1: The bow and arrow guys are already working. <laughs> That's the only they're, reason? They're busy. We, of course we would have got a bow and arrow guy. Guys, you don't think that I thought about a bow and arrow guy first? Of course I thought about a bow and arrow guy. Problem is, the bow and arrow guys are busy, mate. You can't get a bow and arrow guy until 2025, mate. There's no room in their diaries. What I can get you is a boomerang guy. And it's pretty much the same thing. He has a satchel. It's filled with killie sticks. (laughs) Killie sticks. So it says here, the original Captain
0: Boomerang, when he trained his son, Owen, uh, Owen exhibited creativity in his boomerangs by creating razor rings and acid spewing boomerangs. Owen has also exhibited speed bursts, short bursts of super speed of short distances, most notably when throwing boomerangs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that helps you with your question about, can I hit Barry Allen with a boomerang? Well, yeah, if you've got super speed. But, you know, again, if you had short bursts of super speed, could you not find an affectation that was more useful than a boomerang? Like super speed and katanas, super speed and bombs, you know, super speed in anything other than a boomerang.
1: Well, but maybe you're like going niche. It's like podcasts these days. You know, you can have a, yeah, the idea is to stand out in the middle of the crowd. You have something that's particularly niche. Maybe that's Captain Boomerang's angle. He's like, no one else is doing boomerangs. There's already Hawkeye and Green Arrow who are both bow and arrow guys. I could be a bow and arrow guy, but the truth of it is that there's no other boomerang guys. I'm number one in boomerang. So you,
0: right. So you think it's just really about um, creating some uh, market separation. You want yeah. Yeah, The bow and arrow thing is saturated. You need a point of difference.
1: Yeah. It's he's USP. He's a unique selling proposition.
0: <laughs> Spoken like a guy who hosts a show that's all about advertising. Uh, now, Will, this might be our last show before we take a little break over Christmas. Um, so I thought maybe we should get through some of this correspondence because we have a backlog
1: okay you know what I'm just gonna I'm gonna have a bathroom break and then we'll
0: okay bathroom break All right, I'll be back in I'll leave it running back in two minutes Hey everyone! I'm going to take a little break from the show. Uh, I've got my daughter lying on my chest as I do this ad read for our wonderful sponsor, ShipStation. Um, I highly recommend ShipStation. Why? Because the holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, then you know what a pain the shipping process can be. It's time-consuming. It's expensive. You're always copying and pasting orders from multiple sites, and you're trying to figure out the best carrier. It is such a hassle. I know when we have to send out our Tofot 100 books or our sticker packs, it's a pain in the butt, especially because you guys from overseas who support the show on Patreon, we appreciate that. But to find the right carrier to send you your sticker pack or your book can be a pain in the butt. But ShipStation, it's here to make your life a little easier, and it's now the number one e-commerce solution. Did you know that, Iona? You going to say anything? Can you hear that? No, she's she's dozing on my chest. You can be sure that your orders are delivered in time for the holidays. So Whether you're selling on eBay, Amazon, Shopify, or over a hundred other popular selling channels, ShipStation lets you access all of your orders from one simple dashboard. So here's how it works. ShipStation works with all the major shipping carriers locally and globally, including FedEx, UPS, and all the local careers like USPS, Australia Post, and much, much more. I'm trying to think of the most obscure place we had a listener uh, support us from. I think it was like Thailand or something. And we use ShipStation to get him... A book. Anyway, ShipStation will recommend the best carrier based on your needs so you can know you're always getting the best deal. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Value for money. They even offer discounts and shipping costs. A one-man shop can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. And if there's one thing that Tofop is not, it is a Fortune 500 company. We're more of a fortune cookie Company, so it's no wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship in, you'll ship more in less time at the best rates available. What do you think of that, Iona? Still nothing to say. She's snoring. You can't quite hear it, but she's lying on my chest snoring. And do you know that babies fart? They fart a lot. That has nothing to do with ShipStation. It's just something I've discovered since becoming a dad. Anyway. Take the hassle out of holiday shopping this year. Right now, Tofop listeners get to try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the offer code TOFOP. That's Tofop. T-O-F-O-P. There's absolutely no risk and you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Amazing. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in T-O-F-O-P, all caps. T-O-F-O-P. That's ship station. Then enter the code TOFOP. Ship station. Make ship happen. All right, we're back. We've got some mail to get through. Now, uh, we'll get to our Patreon readers in a second, but I thought we'd knock off some just regular mail. Um, before we get to the Patreon, it's probably worth noting the sticker packs that we've been giving away for the best letters we get from our Patreon listeners. Limited number, down to the last six or seven. I got a message from someone um, a couple days ago, one of our listeners in Norway, who I sent two sticker packs to. <laughs> so there probably would have been one more to give away, but I uh, accidentally sent it out to a guy twice. So uh, there's even less than there were.
1: Very on brand for TOEFL, I've got to be honest with you.
0: Very on brand. Andrew writes to us, Subject, almost a doctor and I'm listening to you. Hey guys, on the topic of how many listeners are doctors or have a PhD, I am on my way to a PhD in chemistry, and your podcast helps the hour spent trying to understand what's going on in science. As we say, Will, Fop," Australia's number one medical podcast, actually, number one podcast with medical professionals.
1: And people who are doctors of other things.
0: (laughs) there. and if you like that slogan, you might want to check out James Foz Redbubble page. That's redbubble.com slash where you can get that slogan on a mug, your very own mug. So if you work in a medical profession or a science-related profession, you can have one of those TOFOP, Australia's Number One Medical Profession, asterisk, actually, Number One Medical Professionals mugs, available now.
1: Um, and also available to people who don't work in those professions. Yeah, just... Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Famous Charlie Clausen limiting the amount of money that we can make. I appreciate it. The financial handbrake that is Charlie Clausen.
0: <laughs> the financial handbrake. <laughs> Sophie writes in Hey, Tofop. Hi, Charlie and Will. I took a mental health day off work because I've been having a really difficult time recently. I listened to episode 194, Bunheads, and I laughed so much I almost wet myself. I felt a bit better but knew how my mood could be improved. So I smoked a special substance and listened to it again. Who knew that a discussion of Macca's characters was the thing I needed to face work the next day. So I wanted to say thanks and let you know that even when you're not talking about mental health on the podcast, it still really helps. Also, I'm not a doctor, but I am a lawyer. So thanks, Sophie. All right. I mean, well. that's
1: a great mug for a lawyer to have. Number one with medical professionals and then you're there at your lawyer's office and you've got your little mug there it's yeah. a talking point it's a curio
0: yeah elsha writes subject martin scorsese okay it's weird this way this letter opens because it opens mid sentence as if we've been having a discussion <laughs> she's just picked it up or he has just picked up and scorsese's movies aren't theme parks <laughs> please if there's a smug, pretentious, arrogant dude bro filmmaker in Hollywood pretending to be an auteur, he's, he's when really he's just kissing dude bros' butts. It's Martin Scorsese. His films are half baked dollar buys for dull psychopaths. hashtag Just saying.
1: Yeah, they're Fast and the Furious movies, except that the cars are replaced with gangsters. They're still all about family. Did
0: you have you seen? Have you watched The Irishman?
1: Uh, I feel like the correct answer to that is I have to watch it again um, because I feel like I slept through some of the middle of it. I, I was trying yeah. to watch it one day I and, was... and then I kind of woke up and I was like, I can't, I, don't, I can't quite tell if I've missed heaps or I haven't missed very much at all.
0: I started watching it, but I got that same feeling you get. You know when you watch like, when you are the trailer for the Jay and Silent Bob reboot and you're like, oh, Everyone looks really old. <laughs> or the dumb and dumber sequel that they did a few years back. Like, there was just something about I know he was reuniting, like, you know, his stable of actors, but I'm like, everyone looks fucking old now. It was kind of like a an awful reminder of my own mortality.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's some of the themes that the movie is playing with. And he's you know, I think, you know, the movie is one of those ones that if you look at a, a statement on his career and you know, he's kind of reflecting on himself as much as he's reflecting on these characters and, you know, often he's kind of glamorised these characters or glamorised the world around them and then he's showing this sort of harsh reality of this sad old hitman. you know, kind of, in, you know, who like was doing this cool thing, killing people, painting houses and then just kind of all his friends are dead and or in prison and he's just kind of a sad old man. I think there's there's a lot of thematic stuff that I'm really interested in. But the movie itself, I found mm. fine. I'll have to watch it again. But I, you know, it was pretty, it's pretty slow moving. And I know that's probably on, on purpose. And look, I can, you know, put my kind of imagination aside. But the CGI did kind of still bother me a little bit. I've got to be honest. I just found it really hard to keep track of how old they were. Like, You know like occasionally, I guess maybe because I was dozing or whatever, you just kind of come out of a doze and you'd be like, have they gone forward in time or is this just like the CGI is not as good in this scene? I can't quite tell how old these people are meant to be. Next email is from uh,
0: uh, Austin. Austin. Hey, Tofop. hey guys. I was listening to the pod the other day and I heard another person write in about how they can't describe what Tofop is. And I thought that it's basically Top Gear, but without the cars. Would you agree with that comparison? I don't really know Top Gear. I've never watched it.
1: Um, well, there's three of them for a start. I think on Top Gear, so uh, one of them isn't one of them an idiot. Isn't one of the Top Gear guys an yeah. idiot? You,
0: I think one of them's like a Sam Newman type. He's like yeah. not like a dinosaur who hates women and people. <laughs> women. I, I got to be honest with you. I've never seen Top Gear,
1: so I don't know if it's like a good, accurate description or not, but. Maybe Top Gear without the cars, which seems to be the only reason that people watch Top Gear. So I'm, I'm not. It's, it's a thing without the thing that makes people watch that thing. Top
0: So Austin can, uh, continues. If you guys want to start making serious money from the podcast, and one of you simply needs to punch my cow, and then Amazon will buy you out. I'm assuming that happened on Top Gear. <laughs> okay. Maybe but that guy we know nothing about punched someone that we don't know nothing about, and then got bought by Amazon. it feels like the. Punch I mean, Austin, he this was- is a great this. This, this is a, I'm sure to the, the people who know Top Gear, this is a fucking killer email, but we don't know what you're talking. About. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not a doctor, but I'm currently studying to be a physio. So, close enough.
1: Mm. Mm. That's what physios say a lot, isn't it? is it though? <laughs> Bloody physios. <laughs> Basically a doctor. You're not though, are you, mate? <laughs> Keep up the good work.
0: I love the Two Guys, One Cup. I also love Two Guys, One Cup. Unfortunately, I am also a lifelong Saints fan. Oh, commiserations, dude. Reese, uh, subject line, Galaxy's Edge, on shrooms. Mm. Hey, legends. I just listened to episode 157, Boofing, for the first time. I'm currently making my way from the humble beginnings of Tofop number 1, where you guys discuss whether wandering around Disneyland on mushrooms is good or not i'm just wondering what your thoughts and feelings would be about doing the same thing but in star wars galaxy galaxy's edge dum, dum, dum. there's a lot of emoticons after that uh, ps keep doing exactly what you're doing as it's absolutely amazing hilarious and fantastic also the reason my commute uh, and work day isn't all for nothing so what do you reckon will galaxy's edge tripping balls on shrooms sure I mean, I don't think I mean, anything's better. Anything <laughs> is better. <laughs> like, I mean, like name, name keep, uh, an activity. Keep naming yes, things, better.
1: And I'll tell you when you name one that I don't want to do on mushrooms.
0: All right. Okay. Like attend a funeral on mushrooms. Oh. Might be a bit full on. Oh. A funeral of a loved one. Who do on I mushroom. know? Although yeah, I was going to say, is that, it a loved one? Or? It does make you really empath- Yeah. If it's a loved one, it does, they do make you more empathetic and you do feel very connected. I think maybe you might have a very... That might be a troubling experience, but it might be very profound. Like you might discover something about yourself or the relationship you had with that person.
1: It feels like it would be a journey. Like it feels like something that if you did it under some some sort of Timothy Leary-esque, you know, psychonauts, sort of environment where you're like i am intentionally going to take these magic mushrooms and then go to the funeral of this loved one because i want to process the grief that i'm having right now through this prism of like being on mushrooms then yeah i could see that being but yeah not as a general rule men Nan die better pop some mushies and pop down to the funeral no probably not a great idea <laughs>
0: <laughs> so would you go have you ever been um at somewhere like disneyland or something like that when you've been like tripping or anything
1: uh, not Disneyland. I think I've been to an amusement park, but certainly yeah. on edibles, like if if not on mushrooms, like certainly when I was in LA, I would have definitely gone to Universal Studios on edibles. Like <laughs> I, I heard, <laughs> many um... times, I imagine in <laughs> retrospect, I'm thinking now in retrospect, Charlie, I went to Universal Studios about 12 times and probably 10 times would have been on edibles of some kind. So yes, <laughs> the answer is yes, it turns out, Charlie.
0: I saw an interview with Seth Rogen where he was talking about um, one of the most intense experiences he ever had was seeing Rogue One on edibles. He took some edibles in his wife before they went to the premiere of Rogue One. And he said it was the most... Distressing experience, like you know, he sees this planet get blown up, and he started panicking. And he's like, the themes of the film are also incredibly dark. And like, is anyone else like troubled by this? Like that the Empire is taking over the universe. he said it was just like not a pleasant few hours. So just sitting there the whole maybe time, it going. Be a good thing. It
1: said it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but. Does time operate in the same way as that galaxy? Because does it matter if it's a long way away? Maybe time is existing at the same time. And it's not a long time ago because time all really exists at once. So they might be in a different point of the galaxy, but they're probably not at a different point. And everyone's like, Seth, the movie's over. The movie's been over for 30 minutes. (laughs) Uh,
0: Hi, Charlie and Will. I uh, thought this was a TOEFOP scheme, but on consideration, it was actually a DadPod EP2 scheme where you brought up Alf Stewart and his use of Aussie slang. Uh, DadPod, my other podcast to do with Usher Ginsberg. Updated weekly. Uh, we did, we just recorded our 10th episode coming out in a couple of weeks, but you can catch that on ACAST. Um, please see an attached list of Aussie slang and unpack the more obscure ones. I've included a short list of my personal favorites, including phrases I've never heard of or haven't heard since I was a kid. All right, so maybe I will... Give you the slang and you tell me what the meaning is. Okay, great. I think you'll get all of these. Okay. Uh, aerial ping pong.
1: Uh, AFL football. It's what the, it was referred to yes. in the other states. It was was um, it Australian rules football was referred to as aerial ping pong. Dismissively. It's an insult, right? Yeah. The idea was that the ball was like just kicked from one end to the other in the air. Uh, beyond the Black Stump. Beyond the Black Stump, well, that would mean that it's further than you can imagine. A measure of distance that, you know, the Black Stump being the, the outlier of the area. The furthest point. The furthest point.
0: Yeah. Um, well, this is kind of self Although these it's days, it...
1: there's Black Stumps pretty much everywhere in Australia because of the terrible bushfires. So <laughs> it could actually be a, yeah, a, Sydney de- itself. a description of just over there. I'll meet you. Beyond the black yeah. stump, but before the next black stump. In the middle of the two black stumps.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, this is self explanatory. As busy as a cat burying shit.
1: Yeah, it, it's busy. Although technically. This was, was one I haven't heard. Technically for a short period of time. Because a cat burying shit doesn't bury shit forever, right? It buries some shit and it moves on, really. Yeah, that's right.
0: Is it, yeah, I mean, is a cat super occupied with that stuff? Like, is that, I mean, is that an accurate description of someone who's busy? Is it a cat burying shit? Like, I don't know. Like
1: I don't think it is. As
0: busy as a beaver. Yeah. As busy as a beaver makes more sense because they're building a bloody dam. Burying shit is kind of, it'll take you like, what, 10 seconds Mate, at the most.
1: busy as a one-armed bricklayer in Baghdad. That'd be the modern version. That's what people say, right? Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, this is a great one. I haven't heard since probably primary school. To crack a fat. <laughs>
1: to uh have a spontaneous erection
0: well not spontaneous it's an erection right it cracked a fat well right? spontaneous
1: a fat. would be cracking a fat right like you haven't just <laughs> gradually like you know established a fat. i guess
0: like like light lightning cracks, yeah, cracks or yeah. thunder cracks you crack so, a it whip. Does have the...
1: so i imagine that it's yeah. a spontaneous <laughs> erection rather than you haven't eased into it it hasn't been a half hour project i mean and it does, and it does
0: make sense yeah. that I probably haven't heard it since school. Because when you're a younger man, yeah. you definitely crack a fat. Yeah, you a, get on the bus, you crack a fat. It's you, hard to crack a uh, fat. A girl an looks adult. at you. You
1: crack a fat. <laughs> you have to really block yeah. out a lot of other things in the world to crack a fat when you're an adult. And crack is a really misleading term. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, again, another self-explanatory one. As dry as a dead dingo. Dingo's Donger. Yeah, dick, donger. What do they uh, go with? Donger, dick. Yeah, yeah, donger.
1: Yeah, bloody dries a dead um, dingo's donger. That's an Elf Stewartism. Alf Stewart rolls out a dries a dead dingo's donger. Shortly,
0: no, I think no. It's a PG show. I don't think he could bring. You can't say a, donger? A donger.
1: No, Flavin
0: Morgan's cunt. <laughs> That's okay.
1: <laughs> he said Flamin', so it's fine. Yeah.
0: Um, to do the Harold, to do a Harold Holt,
1: uh, disappear. Does I haven't that heard mean this to, um, Kind of no, ghost no It's out more of, of a rhyming
0: slang thing.
1: Uh the bolt. Do the bolt.
0: It's a rhyming slang. Yeah, yeah. But that's the disappear anyway, to disappear anyway,
1: isn't it? To do the bolt, but also to uh, disappear. He disappeared unexpectedly. Well,
0: What also says according to this slang dictionary that it's, you can shorten that to do a Harold, but I've never heard that, and that to me would be too confusing with Harold from Neighbours.
1: Disappear at sea and then mysteriously uh, rock up in a celebration. Or,
0: like t- 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 <laughs>
1: or, or in the <laughs> the you B- improv tradition, to do a Harold is a long-form improvised piece, so it'd be very confusing for any visiting American improvisers. Uh, the Mapatazi. pubic hair, uh,
0: a woman, specifically a woman's pubic area. Uh, to come the raw prawn
1: um, to come the raw prawn means to like arc up which I guess is also a colloquialism it means to mm-hmm. um, uh, argue or to complain to yes you know to be
0: general to be generally disagreeable
1: right yeah
0: So what you generally say is don't you dare come the raw prawn with me
1: Don't you dare come on my raw prawn that is not the sort of seafood sauce that I was looking for, for this barbecue occasion. Or to our American listeners, come the raw shrimp.
0: <laughs> uh, to say something stands out like a shag on a rock means...
1: Literally what it says, that it stands out like a shag It yeah. is an unusual thing yeah. to see in that situation.
0: Uh, and a technicolor yawn. What is a
1: shag on a rock, by the way? It's not obviously people having sex on a rock. That isn't what they're talking about there, I think right? it's like
0: seaweed, seaweed, right? Isn't it? Michael, can you look up shag on a rock definition, please? Like actual <laughs> definition, not slang?
1: Because I don't know um, what shag is. Okay, I
0: don't know what shag is. I, I'm assuming shag is like seaweed. I don't yeah. know why I think that. But does seaweed good. stand oh, out on a
1: rock? I guess it does.
0: Oh, a shag is an Australian bird that often perches alone on a rock. Oh, well, there you go. How about that? Makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? That makes us makes heaps yeah. more sense. <laughs> all right. So let's go to our Patreon. Thank you to all our Patreon subscribers. If you want to support the show, Patreon's the best way to do it. Uh, we're uploading bonus material all the time. Uh, there is behind-the-scenes videos. There's full episodes of, uh, of, uh, of Tofop up there. There is a QA, and There is uh, comic strips. There's Everyone Relax, There's Quantum Cop, which reminds me, uh, James Fosdyke uh, has finally responded. I sent him a script for the next Quantum Cop. He's come back with notes. He's come back with notes, which I'm yet to address because I've been escaping the fires of Sydney, but there will be a new Quantum Cop coming soon. So reason enough to support the show, but you're getting all this bonus material um, And speaking
1: well. of uh, bonus material that we have, Charlie, we also have a YouTube page, yeah. Tofop TV, and uh, your yep. web series uh, just won an award. Award-winning
0: web series.
1: It did. Best screenplay for a comedy,
0: uh, which I had no—I just woke up to that news this morning, and so we can officially. Well, in this same week, Will, wasn't philosophy named one of the best podcasts of twenty eighteen?
1: It was. Thank you. Uh, well, oh, 2019. 2019. <laughs> twenty nineteen. 2019. <laughs> just doing random year years. In. It's the end of the decade. They're like, "And the best yeah. podcast of twenty fourteen, Top Oh, wow, great. <laughs> So it's been an award. We could say, Will, that we are award-winning content providers. I guess we could, yeah. Well, that's that's the description of the podcast from now on. A comedy there conversation between two award-winning old mates.
0: <laughs> award-winning conversation? but No, that doesn't work. It doesn't quite work as well. Because the things that we've won awards for have nothing to do with this fucking
1: podcast. That is a good point. <laughs> a podcast that has not won awards by two people who have separately won awards.
0: <laughs> yeah so if you want to check out lessons for life or a bunch of other great stuff we've got more um we've got clips from the show up there video clips from the shows we've recorded we've got q and a's up there we've got great animations go to Toefop tv on youtube but will it's time to hear from our patreon subscribers oh right, and Michael's um, is just that, reminding us yes,
1: this podcast was uh one of best of apple's podcasts in 2016 back when There still wasn't a lot of podcasts.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're basically the Gangnam style of podcasts. We're all big back in 2016. (laughs) Uh, This is from Maggie. Hey, Will and Charlie. Is it weird to write twice? I don't think it is. I'm just uh, writing from Alaska again. Anyway, I just wanted to ask you guys a question I've been asking pretty much everyone I know because I think it's funny and for some reason it makes people squirm. I want to see or listen how you guys unpack this. So, Charlie, Will. Would you rather have a dog with human hands in place of their paws or a cat with a human head? So dog with human hands instead of paws or a cat with a human head? Now. But notes. Oh, yeah, there's the, notes. I was going to say, wait, I've got you questions.
1: So, notes. Yep.
0: Yeah, the cat can't talk. Oh,
1: he just That was ours. literally so going to be my first question. Well done. <laughs> what is the name of this correspondent? Maggie. 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 Thank you for answering the first question that I had about this hypothetical, which was, can the cat speak?
0: But the meows are in the voice of a human. The cat with the head... Hang on, wait a minute. Mm. So this is so detailed. The cat can't talk. He just meows. But the meows are in the voice of a human. Yeah. The cat with the head and the, vo- and the voice of Russell Brand, but only in meows.
1: Meow. What is a me- Russell Ooh, Brand? Meow.
0: Oh, meow. Oh, Meow. Oh, meow. meow. Meow, meow, yeah. or you know, it's yeah, it's yeah, like meow. you know, meow, yeah. meow, meow.
1: <laughs> that's so
0: annoying. <laughs> yeah. um, that's about the only variation I get asked when asking this question. Okay, so uh, just a, a, a dog with human hands instead of paws, or a cat a, a cat with a human head and the voice of Russell Brand that can only say meow. <laughs>
1: hmm. um, you go first. Okay, uh, Russell Brand head cat. And the reasons being that I think I think Russell Brand is quite cat like anyway. So I don't think it would actually fuck with my mind too much. I can imagine a cat, you know, the cat's kind of like sexy but does its own thing and it's a bit slinky. I can imagine Russell Brand licking himself clean. Do you know? Like there's there's similar kind of characteristics that they have and I think it would be good talking point. And you still kind of just have to treat it like an ordinary cat. Like oh, I mean. Man.
0: Think about the Think about the merch possibilities if we had a cat with a human head, Russell Brand's head.
1: uh, Cat with Russell Brand's head. Like, the internet would melt down. Like, so – And but you also, from day to day, you just treat it like a normal cat. Like, you can still just let your cat go and do what it – easy to find in the neighborhood. Like, you know, um, Mm. not going to kill any birds because Russell Brand's a pacifist and a – you know, like, yeah, that's a good cat. I like that cat, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, I think you're asking for trouble – By giving a dog hands. Yeah. Because if you think if a dog suddenly has opposable thumbs, suddenly it can open doors, it can open the fridge, it can get into your wallet. Right. (laughs) Think of all the things a dog could do without opposable thumbs.
1: Yeah, the only thing that's keeping like the dog not in charge of our entire household is the fact that they don't have opposable thumbs. Like the minute the dog has opposable thumbs, they can (laughs) feed themselves and I am no longer necessary. And also when they're yeah. jumping on Not you. They'll just
0: strang- strangle you when you sleep. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. But even <laughs> like normally when they, they jump on you to you. love you, like at least you can kind of control that in some sort of way. But once they're like all tongues and all hands, I mean, you're never going to get any peace again. And nah, no, no yeah. way. No, the, it, this is a no-brainer. Cat with Russell Brandhead, easy for me. What about okay. you?
0: Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, – there's something. The only thing that I thought about would be good with a dog with human hands is massage. For some reason, I was like, because I, I always used to think wouldn't it be great if I could get Junior to walk on my back. Like if I could somehow train him, I lie on my stomach and just get him to walk on my back. It'd feel really good. Mm. So maybe if I could train him, but he's still a dog, right? Like he has no imperative to rub my shoulders for me when I'm feeling. He's tense not gonna. He's just gonna do. He doesn't give a do shit dog about things, you training
1: him anymore because he has human hands. He doesn't need you anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the only, he can actually yeah. take you to the park and get you to fetch a ball. He can throw it and make you and run imagine, after the ball and bring and it and back.
0: Imagine getting punched in the face by your dog because he can clench a fist now. Right. <laughs> like, next time you hold him back on the treats, he just, like, clenches his fist and, like, waves it at yeah. you. Like <laughs> You want this again? Oh, God. I live in fear <laughs> of it. You dog. want a knuckle sandwich? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, this is from... Well, I guess it's from a business uh, catch fox photography. Hey, Tofop. I have to say, I am glad Charlie reads these out because I'm a lame, long time fangirl of you, Will, and you would probably, and I would probably cry if you if you read these. I mean, probably, but. I mean, probably not, but it would be close. I even used to collect your Sunday Times articles and up until a few... So this is Stan, essentially. You've got someone standing you right now. Dear Will, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling.
1: Um, Okay, so far so good.
0: (laughs) Um, I even used to collect your Sunday Times articles and up until a few years ago, I still had some. I wanted to dig one out and send it in for Charlie to read out. But in true TOFOP style, they're all missing from the folder... I swore they were stored in. So I guess no embarrassing old writing for Will. Um, okay, did you write embarrassing stuff like some kind of <laughs> some kind of racist <laughs> diatribe or something back when you had a column?
1: Uh, most of it was um, it, it is actually compiled into my two books. So if people do want to read my old embarrassing writing you can still find survival of the dumbest and friendly fire and they're mostly mostly just collections of the columns basically um the thing that i would be most embarrassed about i reckon would be um sometimes when you have a weekly column you just have to fill it with like you just run out of ideas and i remember writing one that i actually thought was pretty funny but it was around the idea that there was too many types of tea you know that all the new teas had got quite shows how your opinion's like, change as well. Like, back when you have to fill an opinion every week, you're like, I hate that there's too many types of tea. Now, my drawer filled with different types of tea. I love that there's different types of tea. (laughs) Couldn't get enough. I would think some idiot who wrote about there being too many types of tea was a fucking idiot loser and shouldn't have a column in the newspaper. But I remember writing one about all the various different types of tea. When it came out, I was talking to my dad, and he goes, so, they pay you to write that? And I was like, yeah, they pay me really well. And he goes, and so... They think that people care that you think there's too many types of two. And I was like, stop asking these questions that are really cutting into me my core, Dad. You're absolutely right. There is no reason they should be giving me money for these stupid opinions.
0: I seem to remember you wrote a column once where you uh, eviscerated a young Heath Ledger and accused it's him true. of being a terrible actor. It's true. And then three years later, he wins an Oscar in perhaps your favorite film of all time.
1: I mean, he really showed you. Yeah. Well, and if I later found out it was all to spite me, I'd be fine with that, because it gave me one of the greatest performances <laughs> of all time. I mean, we had another Joker, of course, for our superhero team up. We can't obviously, but this is a fantasy game oh, we're of playing. of course. Yeah, we can bring him back. Yeah. Uh, okay. This reminds—that'd be good uh, too to see you... Heath Ledger Joker playing across from Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie. How how would that be? ledges Ledger's ah, Joker be awesome. and Margot Robbie in a movie. Yeah, especially if
0: the camera, like, as they're doing their amazing scene, the camera just, like, pans to the left, and you just see Jared Leto crying in the corner, <laughs> spitting into a spitting into a condom or killing a rat or whatever fucking bullshit he did. Oh,
1: we do a screen-in screen where we film Jared for the entire yeah. time just doing what he's up to, and we just run it in a tiny screen in the corner of the movie. <laughs>
0: Okay, that reminds me of a protest. Uh, sorry, this is uh, Catch Fox Continues. That reminds me of a protest I was part of in 2009 where I used a line from one of the Sunday Roasts. Was that what they were called? Was that what it was called, Sunday Roast?
1: I didn't remember that, but it absolutely was. It was called Sunday Roast. So that was probably why I was roasting things. Oh, no. Nice. It was probably so on No brand. holds barred, Sunday, Sunday roast. roast. No one's saying oh, it. or people who make different types of tea. <laughs> Nothing is off limits. Taking, taking down,
0: speaking truth to power. <laughs> what an anarchist. Keith Ledger and Lipton's.
1: I'm after you both. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, there's a line um, from one of those Sunday roasts, and I freaked out some really intense fundamentalist Christians. I will link uh, a full article below, and maybe it will make some good content for you to talk about. Basically, This fundamentalist group called a Catchfire travelled up from Melbourne to protest on Mount Ainslie in Canberra. They believed that witches and gays, the ultimate team-up, were doing blood sacrifices on the mountain to influence the government in abortion issues. Yes, it's as crazy as it sounds. A whole bus of them drove up for this protest and so the Australian Sex Party, a few gay organisations and a pagan group all showed up to counter protest and I was one of those gays. I mean, we talked at the start of the show about like a superhero team up. That's the movie I want to see. Fundamentalist Christians taking on a group of pagans, a group from the sex party and gay rights organisations. That's the fucking superhero team up I want to see. The
1: Catch the Fire Ministries versus the sex party team up. (laughs)
0: I got a bit confused because this is from Catch Fox Photography. And then when she said Catch Fire, I got a little confused. But yeah, I see the difference now. Firefox, Foxfire, Foxfire, search engine. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) These people were scary and intense. One spat on me and called me names. One even tried to shove me down a huge flight of stairs. But we just kept playing songs from Priscilla and Madonna and dancing away as rainbow as we could. Then I remember this line from one of those Sunday roast ma- articles: "You had gone to an, you'd gone on an anti-bumper sticker rant. Oh, look <laughs> out! So it's Heath Ledger, tea manufacturers, and bloody bumper sticker manufacturers had it too good for too long. It's a thousand words it a, a week. It's a lot
1: to fill. It's, it's a lot of firm <laughs> opinions to up. have, Charlie." <laughs>
0: You wrote your column like Kevin Spacey at the end of The Usual Suspects. Um, cushions. Bloody how many cushions you need on a couch. Whoa, it's like this pillow isn't soft enough. I need bloody six shapes and colours and sizes. You've had it too good for too long, pillow manufacturers of Australia.
1: <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. It's like you're reenacting it for the documentary. It is exactly what happened. It would be me spinning around on a chair in my room and going, what can I rant about for a thousand words?
0: Uh, uh, You went on an anti-bumper sticker rant. yeah. And on this one, Will, one of the lines was uh, something along the lines of, if I see one more I love Jesus bumper sticker... I will get one maid that says, Jesus doesn't love me. He only uses me for sex. Oh, yes.
1: yes. Jesus doesn't love me.
0: He's using me for sex. Is that what I... Jesus doesn't love me. He was only using me for sex. Yeah. Anyway, I told my six foot four drag queen friend this line. And for the rest of the day, at the top of her lungs, she screamed, Jesus doesn't love me. He was only using me for sex over and over. It was so funny to see the twitching in the angry faces. The, the twitching and the angry faces. There's this huge sparkly queen bellowed that on repeat. Yeah. That would have been awesome.
1: See, also anyway. Charlie, you mocked me that I was doing my little rant against bumper stickers. But look at this—the widespread <laughs> social change that I have instigated. <laughs> Take that, catch fire. I am the fire starter.
0: Don't say that. No, mate, that's in poor taste. Oh, yes, poor taste advice. considering yeah, what this country is going through. Anyway, I hope this story of how you helped some gays fight some fundamentalists and win makes you laugh. It has. And if you feel like I deserve a sticker pack, my address is below. Thanks for all the content. I'm a listener from way back in the beginning days, and I'm so glad to have your pods. As a disabled mum who spends most of her time at home, your hours of pointless conversation really help combat the loneliness. I'm not a doctor, to add to your list, but I'm a burlesque dancer. So does that count for anything? Yes, it does. Toe number one with burlesque dancers, actually. Number one with people who work in the burlesque industry. Thank you for doing good work. Please never stop talking shit to Marks or Random Strangers amusement on the internet. Cheers. Ella, What if Pierce. Captain Boomerang,
1: I- instead of being a man, we flip it on its head and Captain Boomerang is a burlesque like carnival performer daughter and she's the illegitimate daughter who wants to her dad was the racist old captain boomerang but she's the illegitimate daughter of him who wants to kind of rehabilitate the reputation of captain boomerang and she sort of comes with a you know post-feminist you know um you know sort of woke you know perspective
0: ah uh, dude get woke, go broke <laughs> didn't you know that <laughs> didn't uh, the latest terminator film and charlie's angel set you anything Keep your politics out of my nerd entertainment, Will. (laughs) Uh, P.S. Also, I used Gruen to help me pass a course at CIT, Will. Thought you should know that hours of watching it banked up over the years got me extra credit in my consumer class, so thanks again. Oh, also, Will Eagle was epic. This person is a fan,
1: <laughs> ticking uh, off everything. I, I genuinely appreciate the widespread support.
0: Also, illegal was epic. Uh, caught you in Canberra when it was here and nearly wet myself laughing so hard. Got to stop fangirling now. Sorry for the long-ass message. Cheers. Articles on the nutso protest that happened back in 2009, in case this long-ass email wasn't enough to talk about. Uh, this full WordPress blog has all the details and even some photos. I'm the one with the cap. In the "You Burn We Convert Him" image that I did not know was there until looking this up to send you. That's cool. P.S. P.P. P.S. Oh, don't read this bit out. Hang on. Okay, cool. No problem. <laughs> that's fine. She sent me a little message that's just for me. Uh, I can't believe I've been a patron on Patreon since 2016, and I'd never had a chance to actually oh, read all the comics here that
1: James does.
0: I gotta oh, say, oh my this, god, this what have person... I been missing out on?
1: This person may well be the best supporter of my, my greatest supporter. Like she has like she's enjoying all the things that I've done. She's followed me for many years. She's been contributing to Patreon for this since 2016. I've got to everybody else take the example and be more like <laughs> this person.
0: Ella, be more like Ella. Lift your game. Um, well I guess there's no question on who gets the sticker pack this Absolutely. week. Absolutely.
1: We've been under her umbrella, Ella, Ella. Yeah. all
0: right that's it uh like we said if you want to support the show be like ella go to patreon um uh, uh, you can access all our bonus content there you can go to our youtube channel if you don't if you've got no money to spare but you want to support us in other ways you can watch all our content on youtube the more views we get per month the, the quicker we can monetize and that's what we're all about if you want to support will
1: he's got some tours coming up next year isn't that right I do. Um, my improvised show that I do at the Sydney Comedy Store in January. What you talking about? But,
0: sorry, can you see what's happening over my shoulder, but the-
1: <laughs> yeah, <I've, he's, laughs> there's a guy cleaning the window behind Charlie. And uh, I've been watching it for about two minutes, but I didn't. We were getting to the end of the podcast, so I didn't know if we wanted to go into a new thing, and so I just thought, I'll, I'll just, I'll just ignore it. He's just a guy cleaning the window. I'm
0: feel, I'm feeling a tremendous amount of shame right now. This guy is just doing his job. I'm sure he's a professional, yep. but if he looks in, he sees me in this room, <laughs> on with my podcasting setup, talking to a dude on Skype. I would rather
1: he caught me masturbating than seeing this. This is shameful. <laughs> Um, Okay, so, uh, uh, sorry, what are you talking about, Will? I'm doing it in January in Sydney. Um, The first Saturday night is already sold out and uh, the entire run is over... A third of it is already sold out. So if you want to come along and see those shows, I can't add shows. So uh, that is called What You Talking About, Will, at the Sydney Comedy Store. Then after that, I'm at Brunswick Heads with my Will Informed show. That I take that to Adelaide as well. So Adelaide Fringe wasn't there this last year, this year just gone. But uh, 2020, I'll be at Adelaide Fringe. Then Melbourne Comedy Festival, I'm doing two shows. What You Talking About, Will, and Will Eagle. Uh, I'm doing another two-week run of that. And then there's dates all over the country, comedy.com dot au is the place to find all the links and there's also a little page there where you can basically type in where you live and if i end up adding shows in your area you'll get an email about it i'm not sure if you can
0: hear that but he's stumping against the glass now i think he wants us to stop recording
1: (laughs) he's just concentrating Uh, he's doing a very good job of like because i can just see fully at him and i can see his face really clearly because he's doing a good job cleaning those windows but he's got a real look of concentration (laughs) now
0: now Gemma's just walked in and she's laughing because she can see the window cleaner. So, Gemma is, i all just show you. Gemma's now taking a photo of the guy washing the windows behind. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Uh, look, we've got Christmas coming up. If we've got time, we may do uh, one more episode um, before Christmas. But if not, um, uh, we're going to take a little break uh, over December and early Jan. But we'll be back in 2020. <laughs> Now, Gemma is holding up the baby monitor to show Will that our daughter is asleep. Um, I'm Charlie Clausen.
1: I'm Will Anderson. This podcast
0: is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great
1: mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you.